0: To another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Happy New Year, everybody. Or should I say, Bloody New Year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's going to be one of those, isn't it? <laughs> it's is going to be one of those. We have to find our joy when we can get it when we review movies like this, I think. Yeah, I guess. Today's movie is none other than Bloody New Year, a 1987 hit uh, that, uh, I don't know, I assume it came out in theaters but I've only seen it on VHS. Now, I will I do have one good thing to say about this movie and maybe only one, and that is the cover art for the VHS tape. Did you go and look that up? No, I didn't. It is iconic. It, it, it is uh, something that I saw on the shelves absolutely uh, every time I passed by the horror section in those VHS uh, rental stores. It is a, a skeleton with uh, eyeballs and a party hat and a disco ball mm-hmm. behind him blowing on a... What is that thing called? I don't know. The thing that shoots out,
1: <laughs> you know, you blow it and it goes, I, yeah, oh, and I know, goes out. I know what you're talking about. And and now that you describe it, I can picture it too. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And with a cover like that, you would have thought I would have picked it up
0: at some point in my childhood, but never did. Well, and with a cover like that, you would think, well, this will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> the cover shouts fun, doesn't it? <laughs> the movie, nuts. So but much. you would be mistaken. <laughs> yeah. Horribly mistaken. So this is a film. It is a British film done by a guy named Norman J. Warren, who apparently did a lot of these schlocky terrible movies, and uh his previous hit before this was In Seminoid. Mm. I'm thinking we ought to put that on the docket for later. It seems to me that would mm. at least be a little bit more entertaining than this one. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we, we of course, chose this because it had New Year in the title. It might be one of the last uh, that we'll be able to dig up, uh, but it was a bit on the nose, and so here we are. Bloody New Year is about a host of young adults who are basically shipwrecked on an island. The way it goes down is this. The movie starts in this really cool actual credit sequence yeah. that looks like 16 millimeter home video of a New Year's celebration in some ballroom of a hotel. We later find out it's black and white and... People are dancing and drinking and having a good time. There's a band playing on the stage. It's There's a big banner in the background that says, goodbye 1959, hello 1960. And then that sort of fades out to a larger frame and turns into color. As the last of the partygoers exit the ballroom and one girl stays behind and absently wanders into the room, putters around a little bit, goes over to a mirror, checks her hair, puts on some lipstick, walks away from the mirror, comes back to the mirror for some unexplained reason and suddenly gets yanked into it Yeah, by her own reflection. And then immediately it cuts to a woman springing out of the water
1: in a beach. And I thought for a second, is
0: this supposed to be the same woman?
1: I know. But it's it's. It was such a quick cut. Like, somebody reaches out and grabs her through the mirror, and then it's just an immediate cut to this beach scene. It almost seems like you flipped the channel. Yeah. (laughs) That is the best way to explain
0: it. It really does. And I thought, oh, this woman kind of got pulled through the mirror and came out somewhere else. And I was really looking at her. I was thinking, is this the same woman? Is this some like she warped there or something like that? But no, absolutely not. It has nothing that I could perceive uh, to do with that. Right, no. Anyway, um, this woman is among a group of people. We have Jan, who's a brunette with long hair. Leslie, who's a blonde. Carol, uh, who we meet a little bit later. A guy Mm -hmm. named Tom with short, curly, blonde hair. And a dude named Spud, which is great. And the, I guess, leader of the gang of friends, Rick? Yep. Maybe? Yeah? I don't know. All of None of these characters are very well drawn out at all, actually. At they, all. There's no. nothing to these people you don't even care as the movie no, goes on. And
1: like their relationships are very tenuous. Like, yeah. I think that Rick and uh, Jan are kind of together and it seems like maybe Leslie and Tom are sort of kind of together or something, but like it, it's so tenuous and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. (laughs) And like it, at different points, they'll kind of like cross over, and I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to keep track. Really? It is hard. There are so many of them. It is hard to keep track, especially because none of them are really significant as far as character is concerned. Like, None of them has, I don't know, any particularly unique characteristics no. or motivations or backstories or anything. They are just a random group of people who we know very little about and we care nothing about. And they're utterly interchangeable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't help that
0: most of the movie is shot in wide wide shots or medium shots. So you can't even tell without squinting sometimes, like who is in that particular scene, yeah. if you even cared, But it doesn't even seem to matter. No, it doesn't really matter.
1: No, no. Not really. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, And they go to a fun fair. Hey, let's go to the fun fair, which apparently is British for like a carnival. Yeah. It's this fun looking fun fair. And I, at first I was, Mm -hmm. I got pretty excited. I like seeing all this old footage of, even if it's 1980s, it's still pretty classic, you know, with the uh, tilt-a-whirl and all these things and the haunted house, you know, that you can sit on and ride through. And I I liked those scenes of the fun fair and they were crowded with lots of people.
1: Yeah. I would have much rather have gone to that place than watch the rest of this movie. Like it looks, <laughs> it looked pretty fun. It was a pretty decent setup. It reminded me of gosh I don't even know where they are but it looks like like on the Jersey Shore or something like one of those uh, kind of carnival type things like set up mm, on a pier like that's yeah. what it reminded me of like Coney Island or something yeah. I don't know it was cool. It's what I think Coney Island should be.
0: I've never been to Coney Island but that's kind me of the either. modern Coney <laughs> Island in my head <laughs> Yeah I would have much rather just watched footage of this place just people's home videos of it would have been better than watching this movie <laughs> <laughs> It was interesting though because uh, as they go as our characters go through the fun fair that footage obviously gets cut with random shots of other crowds of people you know playing it on things and if you watch very carefully you notice that most of the footage all of the footage with them in it there's little to nobody in the background or on the rides, Uh even though the rides are moving and there's motion in the scene. And then they'll cut to another shot and you'll see like tons of people there, but none of our actors. So it was clearly like shot on two different days and the acting, you know, the shots with the actors were shot when the place was basically empty and they just spun the rides and made them go. I don't know. It's it's done well enough that it's not obvious, but I was, I always look for this sort of thing. And so I thought it was kind of, kind of telling.
1: Yeah, but, like, even in the beginning, the the plot just seems kind of dumb. Like, it's also circumstantial and stupid. Like, hmm. so all the, the friends are there, and like, they're, like, painted out as being kind of the clean-cut good guy kids. And then there's a deal on the tilt a where there are, like, <laughs> these thugs. And, like, I guess these are, like, carny thugs i guess yeah maybe and uh they're they're bothering this girl there's this girl it it ends up being carol uh she's a curly-haired brunette which is the only thing that distinguishes her from jan the straight-haired brunette oh but she's also an american we hear oh okay (laughs) Yeah. Go (laughs) figure. Right. And she's apparently at this British fun fair by herself, and she's riding the Tilt-A-Whirl by herself, and these, like, carny thugs are, like, harassing her. Like, they just keep spinning her Tilt-A-Whirl seat. Like, they just won't leave her alone. And so Spud, I think, uh, decides to, like, rescue her and, like, calls over his other buddies and... They get up and get into, like, a brawl with these... Carney guys, which then turns into like a 1930s style chase through the <laughs> carnival. Like that's right. It, 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 like it seems like a silent movie. Like there could just be music in the background. Like do 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 Like <laughs> you're right, and maybe that's why I felt like this was the most
0: entertaining part of the entire film. Oh, it's silly. It's silly. Well, it's silly because of the whole point. I mean, like they leave. What instead of actually just running away, running out of the carnival, they decide that they're going to run in between rides and run over rides and run around. I mean, just run everywhere except where they should go, which is just out. Yeah. It's, but actually, I liked this sequence because it actually had some action, and the action uh-huh. was, I wouldn't say competently filmed, but it wasn't entirely uncompetently filmed.
1: Well, and I felt like there was some of the spookiest imagery in the movie. Like, they run into. The Fun house or whatever, and um the Carney guys are like chasing them, and there's. Kind of, I don't know if I would call it a strobe effect, but there's stuff where like the lights are going off and on, and you're just catching glimpses of things, and so you get kind of this menacing effect Mm -hmm. where the the bad guys, like you're just seeing glimpses of them every time the light flashes on for just a second, Um, and that's kind of intermixed with images of the spooky stuff that's set up in the funhouse. Uh, and that was a little bit spooky. I, I mean, I would say that's probably about as creepy Scary as, as the gets. movie gets. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you're, you're not ro- you're not wrong about that. But then we get you know a Blues Brothers styles crash through the funhouse. Yeah. in uh in a car, and I thought it was the bad guys, but actually, isn't it the a couple of our other? It's friends? the good guys. It's Rick yeah. and uh-huh. and the others who are coming in to rescue them. So they. Destroy property by smashing into this yeah. <laughs> fun house uh, and pulling them out of it. Uh, good thing they didn't, you know, run over them blindly crashing into this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they all pile in the car and they escape, basically. And the very next scene, almost as if you turned the channel, was is them floating on a boat. Yeah. At first, I thought, pleased. Are you telling me they're trying to escape on a boat? But I guess this was just part of the fun. This is Rick's boat, right?
1: Yeah. It's a little sailboat very jaws too you know lots of 20 something's out on a sailboat a tiny a good time. it's almost like a canoe with a uh,
0: with a sail with a sail it's yeah pretty, <laughs> pretty small <laughs> and uh, even though they're way out i mean way out away from what looks like any shore cuz we get this nice wide shot of it just floating out there um they run aground of something uh on the boat and it damages the bottom and the water starts coming in and they say they have to bail so they bail and they swim to the nearest shore. And the nearest shore isn't apparently where they left from. It is a island of some kind.
1: Yeah, which I got the impression that they were that's where they were trying to go anyway, but mm. I I didn't understand why. Like I there's just no explanation for well, they anything don't have like
0: stuff with them. It's not like they have bags or things like they have a picnic packed or anything like
1: that. Right. Then they, you know, they just run ashore of this island. And, and uh, God, I, I feel like the movie makes some attempts at, like, trying to establish plot points. But, ultimately, you don't care. But, like, so they <laughs> they get onto this island. They're like, oh, we're on this island. And they're like, oh, look, here's a danger. Do not proceed sign. Okay. Yeah. And, oh, Oh look! Here's a plane crash. Like I don't believe it. Do you think anyone ever made it here without crashing? But they had a rough landing. Uh, okay.
0: Oh, Kessel. What sort of plane this is? I've got no idea.
1: And then they keep walking along until they find like a freaking resort, like, yeah. <laughs> and it looks great, like. You know, I would have been excited to find this place too, because I would have looked at it and been like, "Oh, it, it's going to have a bar, so we're fine." <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's basically, I guess, kind of what they think. And I don't know. It was it's the Grand Island Hotel. Um, <laughs> it looks like a big home. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks nice from the outside. Like, mm-hmm. sure, I'd stay there on an island, whatever. Um, but then they go inside and mysteriously, as they are very quick to point out, everything's all decorated with like Christmas decorations, and they make a big point of it. And they're like, "Oh, it's decorated for Christmas." But wait a second, this is July. <laughs> and when they and when they said that, I was like, "You tricked me! <laughs> this is supposed to be our New Year's episode, and it's happening in July." I but know it's okay because whatever. <laughs> yeah. It was a
0: little disappointing. Yeah, the new year's thing gets kind of shoehorned in there. I think it's still legitimately we can call this new year's because there's yeah, a big it's, twist at the end which there we're is a totally big twist. totally hold off on telling you we're going we want to keep the suspense for as long as possible. Oh yeah, yeah, they they're walking through this place. They find the bar. They find old magazines and obviously because we saw the first part of the of the movie, we 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 can figure this out pretty quickly. Uh, this is the same hotel mm-hmm. we saw before, and obviously has not changed since that party. So it's been deserted. Something, right? You know,
1: but but they make they make a point of saying all this stuff is new. Like it doesn't look. Run down or decrepit. Right. It looks like somebody had just recently decorated, which I'll further confuses them. Like, you know, had it been abandoned at Christmas time or New Year's and there had been like cobwebs dust. and dust and stuff, yeah. that would have been one thing. But no, everything looks fine. And it looks like this is, you know, a clean place that has just been spruced up for the holidays. It's just odd that it's completely out of season. And sort of like the
0: whole rest of the movie, Everything that's odd that happens is kind of remarked upon and then immediately forgotten about. Uh They're not freaked out by this. They make no mention of it after that. They just find the bar, sit down, and, you know, start looking for bourbon. And the woman flips through a magazine, uh, which is clearly an old magazine, and she sets it down. And when she walks away from it, the magazine mysteriously blows back closed. And then one of the girls is still wet. Why nobody else is still wet, I don't know. But one of the girls is still wet, and she is uh, let uh, in a room while, I think it's Spud runs off. It's Carol, right, who's still wet. Yeah. And then Spud goes off to find a blanket for her. In the meantime, we see this maid literally fade in to the screen like a ghost just materializes Uh as she walks across and brings a blanket to her and says, here you go, miss. And she's like, oh, thank you. And then she walks out. <laughs> Again, yeah, hey, there's a person in this hotel you thought was deserted who knew that you needed a blanket and came in and
1: oh, thank you. <laughs> this woman And leaves. yeah, and I feel like that's what happens for like the next 20 minutes yeah. is just uh oh, here are completely in your face clues that this is a haunted hotel. And, and stupid things that amount to nothing. Like you said, like the magazine blowing closed. And like at one point, some of them are playing whatever the British equivalent of billiards is. I don't know. The balls look different. I don't know what it was called. But um, like the balls will rearrange themselves in the perfect order. There's a lot of rewind in this movie. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) They they like that cheap effect of of just
0: reversing the film to make it look like something is happening in Reverse. Uh
1: And and there's, you know, like somebody's always watching them and at some point Leslie like opens a window and there's somebody out there but they run away and Jan takes a bath (laughs) and like the shower head, like, acts like a snake and crawls into the bath, and she kind of notices, but then she just kind of shrugs it off. That's the thing that bothered me the most about this movie the whole time. So, of course, as it turns out, and there is kind of some weird, stupid explanation, but it's basically a haunted hotel. But all these weird things start happening, and eventually, people start dying. But none of the surviving people... Like they don't even bat an eye, like yeah, like like they're they're they don't act like they're scared. Like I don't even remember who it is that dies first. Somebody dies and nobody, like they don't even care. They just like run outside. Like whoa, that was weird. It's so so true. (laughs)
0: It's funny. (laughs) Well, I love it because none of the electricity is working. And then uh, they go to the basement and some spooky stuff happens. And then he turns on the electricity. And then finally they have electricity in the place. And when they go downstairs, there's like a Santa Claus um, electronic Santa doll that is suddenly starts ringing its bell and walking on the counter on the lobby. And everybody's like, whoa, what's that? And the dude says, oh, I just turned on the electricity. He picks up the Santa doll that's not plugged into anything and just flips the switch off on the back. (laughs) This battery-operated Santa came to life when they turned the electricity on in the hotel. There's a lot of just inept, stupid, dumb stuff like that going on too however in at this moment there is a really neat part okay so i'll give the movie a little bit more credit it has this way of of at least doling out to you in bits and pieces what you're supposed to put together by the end of it when the electricity does go on there and i think it's after this little santa incident everybody walks into another room while the camera pans into like the library or some other room downstairs where there's a television that has also come on and it's a 1950s style TV and it's showing what is obviously an extremely old program from like the early 60s or late 50s whatever, from that night basically, Mm -hmm. that where these panelists, and the writing is terrible, I mean it's really terrible but anyway, these two scientist panelists are arguing about a new technology
1: Professor Kaplan you were describing for us your experimental anti-radar device which you launched in the opening hours of 1960. Bending light, making the plane invisible. It, it's, it's interfering with light, with, with time itself. Playing God. Very, very dangerous. Please, gentlemen, I am And must- so
0: if you're thinking half with half a brain, you can think about the plane that they found that they made a big point of right. you know, that had crashed earlier and what they're talking about on the thing. And, you're, and you start to go, oh, this is kind of interesting. Even though the movie is not interesting, this idea, this notion is interesting. And I liked those bits where I learned a little bit more and it wasn't actually thrown at me, at least for a while, exactly what's going on. Because a lot of movies like this, they'll just leave this stuff hanging you know or exposition person comes in at some point and just explains a bunch of stuff that you had no hope of knowing before.
1: Well, that kind of happens here too, oh, it but that happens in like the last 10 minutes of the movie. By the time you already know. Yeah. Right. And you know, okay, i I appreciate the fact that they threw in some intrigue, but the intrigue that they threw in is dumb. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's it's like it's about like radar. They're like we've figured out this new way to use radar and it'll make a plane invisible for one second like oh well great i mean that's really helpful <laughs> like, what, like what is even the point if it's only gonna be uh, visible for one second yeah and then what does radar have anything to do with the time-space continuum like that <laughs> like the, they're not even related like what, <laughs> it, it doesn't ultimately it does it doesn't matter uh, and you know i i fine you say well some of these movies will just leave it hanging and it's never really explained well it could have just as easily not gone explained and it wouldn't have made any difference <laughs> well, it's
0: true it's still dumb it's still really <laughs> stupid if the explanation is bad
1: and stupid then yeah maybe it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> but, but, and it doesn't, I mean, I guess it kind of amounts to something ultimately. But, like, they try to make it, like, there's this creepy... Like zombie pilot that follows them around, like through the whole movie, and you just keep getting glimpses of him. Like he just keeps popping out from behind trees. Like it'll just be a, a like a long shot, like fifty yards away of a tree, and you'll see this guy just pop his head out from the side, and and pop back, pop back <laughs> behind, and it'll like play this creepy, ominous music. And that happens like three or four times, and throughout the movie. And so then I'm thinking, well, you know he's probably going to be exposition guy or maybe he's a good guy is going to help them or something. And no, ultimately he's just another one of those creeps or ghosts or whatever it is wandering around the Island. Oh, yeah. God. Halloween, this is not, for
0: sure. No. When the power comes on, the projectors kick on in the cinema that is also downstairs yeah. in this hotel. And this is where that first kill happens that you just mentioned. The one guy walks close to the screen, and some character springs out of the screen and starts strangling him while everybody else kind of looks on. Uh-huh. And he gets scratched on the face, and then the character thing disappears, and they walk over, and they say... Oh, my God, uh, Spud is dead. Because he got scratched on the face. Yeah. What? Apparently. I mean, nobody's (laughs) going to... They're just going to trust themselves about this. Nobody's going to make any phone calls. They just leave,
1: like you said. They run outside, and then Jan, to her credit, is the only one who freaks out, but... Not to her credit, she's freaking out through the whole movie. Like, she's the only one. Like, she's just hysterical. Like, I just wanted somebody to slap her. Like, shut up. (laughs) But what was so frustrating... Okay, so first of all, I want to say, when they go into the theater and they see that a movie is playing, first, it's like an old 50s B-movie. And I would have rather seen that movie. It looked fun. (laughs) It was like... It It was like it was like brains like flying through the <laughs> air. attacking people yeah, yeah. that looks fun I would watch that be- certainly before I would watch this again um, but then it switches over to old footage of the hotel and they're like oh old footage of the hotel or whatever it doesn't matter you know the guy's kinda the guy that gets killed is kinda making fun and that's you know one of them jumps out of the screen or whatever but they they run out after it's happened jan is freaking out and nobody else is and jan says what happened and the rest of them act like she's kind of crazy every single one of them was there saw yeah. what happened <laughs> and it's not like there was anything going on to distract them it's not like you had a perfect View of what was going on. And now you're acting like she's just crazy. Like they're like, oh, well, maybe it was just electricity <laughs> jumping out of the movie screen. Like, what? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so, like, they don't react at all. That I, I could, I just couldn't get over that. Like, they're not even sad that he's dead. Like, <laughs> even if they could, even if they could come up with some rational explanation, you know, like, oh well, it probably wasn't that ghost that we all saw clear as day. Maybe it was just electricity. Well, he's still dead. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's your friend. Your friend is gone. But, okay. <laughs>
0: Moving right along. It's hard to feel any emotions at this movie when the actors themselves aren't feeling any emotion. And when all this stuff sort of happens, and it's it's all matter-of-factly happening, everything's in broad daylight, which isn't that spooky. And, you know, we've talked about before movies that are really successful at creating a horrific tone, and it's almost even spookier when it happens, like in broad daylight in a suburban area, right. you know, a place that seems safe. But this... It just seems like they couldn't afford lights, so they just had to shoot everything with available sunlight because none of this stuff is, it's not scary, it's not shot in a suspenseful way, it's just, things just suddenly happen, it looks cheap, and it's shot cheap, and the acting is unconvincing, and the reaction and everything that follows in the plot almost doesn't even acknowledge what just happened. It's just, let's move right along to the next event. Right. And so... It's impossible to get invested in it, you know? It's impossible to to, to care
1: at the slightest. And it's it's not even that fun, really. No. And it seemed... You're right. Like, it had to have just been... They must have had $5 to shoot this whole movie, because after Spud (laughs) dies, and, like, there's, like, everybody kind of splits off, and then Carol is left by herself, and she's just, like, sitting on a swing, and she says... Poor Spud. Like, that's the <laughs> most sympathy that he gets. And so then Tom and Leslie go off, and they find this old house. Like, I don't know what it's supposed Like, a servant's quarters or a boathouse. I don't know what it's supposed to be. But they walk inside, and Leslie walks in first, and she gets tangled up in a net and struggles – in this net for, like, five minutes. (laughs) Like, this is supposed to be, like, a horrific scene. Like, she's screaming and struggling, and she's just rolling around on the floor in this fishing net. Like... Calm down, Leslie. (laughs) Like, we will get you out of the net. Well, there's... (laughs) There's this extremely half-assed attempt
0: to make it look supernatural, where there's a close-up shot of her leg, and, and an, almost like an Evil Dead tree-style uh, rope that uh-huh. you know, kind of ties itself around her leg, but that's it. It's just like this quick little shot of that and nothing else.
1: Well, and it, it's and it's supposed to, I, I guess it's supposed to be like cutting her, and like you kind of get little glimpses of how the net is cutting her, but then when he finally just literally pulls it <laughs> off her, like... Like, it was just a blanket laying over the top of her, and he pulls it back. Um, Then she she looks fine. Like, (laughs) well, God... And then they get attacked by a tablecloth monster. Yeah, she walks over to this little table <laughs> on the
0: floor and suddenly this thing jumps out of it. And it, again, it's a guy in a under a black sheet with a little bit more net draped over him, <laughs> like <laughs> grabbing her. But <laughs> but also you're thinking, where is this movie going? Why are these uh-huh. random right. things that aren't even in the hotel coming out of nowhere? It's like it's like walking through a haunted house. Yeah. There's this just random stuff. Just happens, and there's no continuity between it They're just Mm-mm. it doesn't make any sense and then she gets away from it, and then it comes sinks back into the table and they walk over and the you know the table is solid again.
1: Uh, Oh, that was weird. Again. (laughs) (laughs) They move on. Well, they move on, but so much is left unexplained. Like, I don't know, like, Jan and Rick, uh, by the way, like, Jan ran off into the woods all upset, and then the next time we see her, she's just walking along with Spud, and she's totally over it. She's fine. They hear laughter from the beach, and so they start walking towards the beach, and then they see all these bushes shaking, (laughs) and... And and then they start running and, like, I, I don't oh, know what knows. they're running from. <laughs> they're trying. It's trying so hard. Like, uh, there are uh, just, like, maybe two shots
0: of this sort of Evil Dead-style camera moving really fast through the woods. Like, it's coming at them. And they turn around as though it is. And they just, like, separate to make way for the camera to go back between them. <laughs> yeah. And then they have this exact same shot again, where now they're running up apparently in the opposite direction, and the camera comes sweeping towards them. They turn around, and they separate, and the camera blows right past them again. Like, what is going on? Is this monster just, like, doing loop-de-loops around them? Again, there's nothing to see here. They're jogging along, and uh, finally... They get to the sand, right? Footprints appear and disappear and the sound of a plane (laughs) or that, like, really bad reversal work.
1: It's all just, and this, you know, for the next at least 10 minutes, I mean, that's all it is. It's just these random things that are happening that are supposed to be spooky. Like, they show up at the crash site and, like, they're all the time looking in mirrors and there's, like, ghosts lingering in the background and at the crash site why there would be a full-size mirror at a plane crash site i have no idea but um there is and rick looks into it and the dead pilot's like pointing at a gun at him through the mirror but he turns around and there's nobody there and he looks back and the pilot's there and it- it's just all like uh the island's haunted like okay we get it like <laughs> <laughs> the whole island is haunted. what is the What is the point? Yeah, is something going to happen?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Carol's alone in the house. Some arm comes into the frame. She wanders into the house. This is another house, I guess. And she yeah uh, yeah. There's like a third house. There's no sense of geography here. Does she just we just know she's in some other house? It must be nearby. And it opens up a snowstorm. There's like a blast of snow coming through, and it's this is like a 10 minute long sequence where it's nothing but her stumbling against what's apparently horrible winds inside this living room with snow blowing in and blowing around her. This
1: and and like there's like the sound of children screaming in the background, yeah. And then (sighs) there's nothing, and she's outside, and then she looks back inside, and I feel like she sees what is supposed to be like a figurine of her in a snow globe which in and of itself kind of sounds like a cool kind of creepy idea but again it doesn't go anywhere it's just so yeah, random yeah
0: it doesn't connect to anything like what and it's still never by the end of the movie i still have no idea why that all happened no they all converge back into the the hotel and no into the house i guess yeah uh because
1: they think that Somebody is still in there? Tom Tom, right? They're they're looking for Tom. Leslie comes and says, You have to come help me something happened to Tom and they go back into the house and Rick goes to go through a door, but it just opens up onto like some giant cliff. And so, like, he's hanging on the door. And, again, I don't know if this is supposed to be supernatural. I didn't see any cliffs around yeah. where they were. Well, yeah, I don't know what's to going tell. on. They're like, oh, well, Tom must have gone over the cliff, so they leave. <laughs> no. no, then the guy from the fun park, one of the thugs from the fun oh, park,
0: right. and, he's, and he's got his chain. And I'm like, where did this guy come from, and why is he here? And did he really care to follow them all the way to this island that they accidentally shipwrecked onto? Like, how does he uh-huh. know they're on this island? Was he following behind them? Is this island actually that easy to get to? Like, I, I had no idea. Or was this
1: some supernatural thing? Like, they're seeing their, their worst fears? That's what I thought. I thought it must be the island playing tricks on them because it was completely implausible that these guys would have followed them and shown up. Like, how could they possibly have? It doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. But no, as it turns out, it really is them. And he starts fighting them, and he, like, I don't know, he gets Rick and Jan out of the way, and then he goes and he punches Leslie in the gut, and his arm goes all the way through her, and it turns out that she... Is a zombie now? (laughs) Half of her face is in this
0: weird silver makeup and her hair is uh spiked up with gel.
1: And it was my favorite because so now okay, so she kills the big carnival guy and then Rick then throws the same fishing net over her again, <laughs> and once again she acts like she's <laughs> like I I don't like she's been chained up Houdini style I or something. This is, like ah! this fishing net is her kryptonite. <laughs> Zombie or not. Yeah. And then he smoke bombs her, like bug bombs her. Like I didn't even understand what is happens. He throws some smoking Yeah, he throws some smoking thing in the house and closes the door and so she's screaming and they run away and they end up well first of all jan runs and she falls in a hole and they pull her out and then they run and they end up on the beach and jan says
0: this is a nightmare just awful
1: and i thought yes jan you're right (laughs) (laughs) this is just awful (laughs)
0: True. Then they end up back Ugh. at the hotel. Uh, they're running from something, who knows what, because we can't see anything. And they're in the bar room, and for no apparent reason, suddenly this arm with a machete bursts through the wall behind the bar. I was like, what is this? And it turns out, am I mistaken, that this was also one of the thugs? Yep. And another guy from the fun fair comes through the window. Uh, but <laughs> then <laughs> through the ceiling... <laughs> comes
1: zombie leslie and she grabs one of these guys and pulls him up oh god this was hilarious because they tried to make it an effect where she was supposed to be turning his head all the way around <laughs> but like they clearly couldn't do anything so they just had to shoot it to where like she would turn it as far as she could and then it would cut away and then it would be like on the other side like he just <laughs> <laughs> Turned his head to the. There's no twisting of the neck. Nothing like. Yeah, <laughs> such a cheap looking. They're approach. like, we'll do, we'll do some tricky camera work here, <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and really slow too.
0: It's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's not even it's not like a quick twist this is like a at least two minutes of her twisting his head slowly around camera cuts away ooh his head's on the back twisting more camera cuts away it's a full twist and it, one full twist isn't good enough I think they thought this effect was so good they had to do it a second time because <laughs> mm-hmm. it was two full twists and this guy whose head should I guess be off by now
1: yo totally
0: yeah he just flops backwards so then she chases them down and Jan gets stuck duck on the banister at the end of the banister is this like carved duck
1: element it kind of looks like the mary poppins uh her uh <laughs> her, her umbrella, her umbrella. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 good <laughs> it grabs her. and it bites and it just hangs on yeah like so she's just stuck there uh and leslie comes to get her and rick shoots leslie and cuts one arm off. Like he goes to dismember her and he gets one arm cut off and then Jan's like What about me? Rick, stop So he does. <laughs> he should have kept going. <laughs> he he should have kept going because in five minutes they're gonna get hit rewind and her arms <laughs> gonna go back off. <laughs>
0: They can't get enough of that effect. You sort of feel like the filmmaker like discovered this for the first time. You know, if I could play things backwards, it'll look like things are mysteriously <laughs> moving the way they shouldn't. <laughs> oh, this, He also hacks the duck off, uh, and the, so the duck head falls to the floor, and it's got some green goo coming out of it. The, you know, this is so funny that for a movie called Bloody New Year, there's almost no blood in this yeah. movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, the, as I was watching it, what it reminded me the most of was an after-school special. Like, that's what it felt like. Like, that's how it felt like it was shot. Like, you know how... A a lot of times those after-school specials could be pretty dark. Like, if they were about drugs or something, Mm -hmm. and, like, Helen Hunt was, like, jumping out of a window and dying or something Mm -hmm. because she was on drugs. Like, they would be dark like that. Or sometimes they would be, like, ooh, it's the scary one. And this felt like one of those. I don't even know what this movie was rated. What was it rated? Do you know? It's rated R. It's surprised it's rated at I, all. I can't imagine why. No. Like I don't recall there being really any bad language. Mm-hmm. There's very little blood at all. All of the effects look super fake.
0: I don't know. It might have been you know back in the day, early '80s and mid '80s, '89. You're right. It's '87. '87. Yeah. So. L- that's pretty late. They were pretty... It was bad. They were really touching and <laughs> written about these, though. I'm sure this appeared on the video nasties
1: list. Probably. Who knows? Yeah.
0: No, it's it doesn't deserve the R rating at all. Tom shows up again. Rick and Carol leave, and they decide to wander around in the woods, and his idea is, well, if these guys have come here, they must have come here by boat, and so they must have a boat we can use and we can get off the island. So they go wandering through the woods, and they come across... A third crash site. How did this mm-hmm. plane have three crash sites? I don't know. The one they stumbled across the first
1: time, the one in the burned down house, and then this one, which is by a camp, an encampment. Well, right. Like you would assume there's only one, but they look totally different every time they go to it. Yeah. And and this part bothered me too, because okay, so Tom shows up, they thought he was dead, but he's not. But like he's like out of it I don't know like he's in shock or something and so uh they're like we have to find the boat we have to find the boat and Tom's kind of out of it and so um Jan's like well I'll stay with him you guys go find the boat and then come back and get us that makes no sense yeah like (laughs) why don't we just all go find the boat right what a tremendous waste of time like (laughs) just all of you go find the boat and go like Uh oh okay found it (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's not like Tom is that incapacitated either. What is he, just uh, has a bit of a headache or something?
1: Right. Or just freaking leave him there. Who cares? You <laughs> didn't care about anybody else who died. Leave them all there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we find, we hear again through the radio that is set up at this encampment site. Again, it's probably this ancient broadcast coming through that talks about Operation Mirror.
1: Mayday. Mayday. Operation Mirror. Instrument failure. Our position is 6 north, 3-west, altitude
0: unknown. And she holds up a mirror. I don't know, where do these mirrors even come from? She holds up a giant piece of mirror from the ground against this crashed plane. And again, behind her, this pilot materializes. But then when she turns around, he's actually there. And Rick kind of comes up behind him. I'm not sure if he actually does anything. But it doesn't matter because the pilot just explodes into dust. And then there's this sort of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade-ish type shot of him on the ground as dust being blown away until there's nothing left.
1: That was so random, like, the, his head just exploded out of nowhere. Like, what? Mm-hmm. What is happening? <laughs> just no explanation. Yeah. No, you, you just, oh, well, his head exploded and then he disappeared. Something creepy happened,
0: Yeah it's a movie built of what are some creepy things we could do and let's just stack them one right after the other in this movie with a very tenuous thread linking them and they find a boat they see a little boat floating on the way and so uh then back meanwhile uh tom's starts going weird on jan he's laying in her lap and he's talking and he's like i always liked you jan
1: but then you were always rick's girl Mm and suddenly his voice changes
0: and uh he starts going after her so Jan basically stands in one place, uh, you know, kind of prowls around while he's kind of half chasing her. It's it's terribly shot. It's again, none of this stuff is convincing let alone suspenseful.
1: The only thing that I liked about this part, he chases her and he chases her into an elevator. And it's one of those old, like you always see in movies in these old houses, the elevators that don't have a door. They just have kind of like a cage door. He like grabs at her through the cage door and kind of pulls her out. And she's struggling, but then she finally hits the button and it starts going up and it cuts his arm off. And then, the only effect that I kind of liked was she's standing in the elevator with her back kind of up against the back wall, and then arms, very Freddy Krueger style, come through the back wall as though it's latex. And I think that it was latex oh, yeah. or some <laughs> sort of or some sort of plastic. But like, whereas in Nightmare on Elm Street, it stretches beautifully and, like, it just, you know, is the perfect silhouette of Freddy or whatever. This plastic, whatever it is, when it stretches, like, you see the stretch marks, like, (laughs) when you blow up a balloon too far or something. And so it doesn't look nearly as cool, but at least they tried. It's like they stretched the plastic you know, or the rubber or whatever as far as it would go to make
0: the wall, and then they spray-painted it the color of the wall so that it was opaque. Right. But then when they start to stretch it, you start seeing cracks in this until you can almost practically see through it.
1: Except Mm -hmm. it's dark
0: on the other side, so you can't. But you're right, it just looks like somebody stretching a balloon, so the effect is almost totally lost. But the idea is that she's being pulled into the wall of this elevator. And when Rick... And uh, the other girl finally show up. Uh, They uh, see her go into, like they see the last bits of her being absorbed into the wall. Again, it's all these things, but none of it's very cohesive. One guy just gets killed. A bunch of people just get materialized to and then disappear. And then this woman gets subsumed into the house. It's really unclear to us what the ultimate goal of this haunting or these spirits are. You know what are they trying to do for the to these people? You know what's their mission?
1: Well, and even so, okay, so then another one of the fair guys wakes up and chases them around, and there's a big kitchen sequence where everything in the kitchen freaks out and kills the fair guy, and things are flying around Matilda style, and but then they do the rewind trick, and so everything you know goes back to normal, and then Leslie, well, they end up in the ballroom. And ghosts appear and like do like announcements And one of them is Leslie, I think And Leslie here in the last ten minutes of the movie Gives us the exposition There was an experiment An experiment went terribly wrong The government sent up a plane on New Year's Eve A plane carrying a device that could change the structure of time and matter this device could shatter time itself. And the pilot crashed the plane Here. Here on Grand Island, and us in time forever. Dead. Or alive. We are all caught in this awful, angry half-world. And we can't escape. And all of the dead people come back and... Are chasing them around the game room and they end up cornering them in the game room the only ones left at this point are carol and rick and they're like on the billiards table and it's like spinning around and these ghosts are all around them (laughs) and then all of a sudden they just get dumped out onto the lawn like nothing happened
0: yeah, and so then they stand up and they look and look in, and the the room looks just like it was before, and like the literal look on their faces. Well, that was weird. And Rick just yeah. says very flatly, "Come on, we can still make the boat." <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so they run to the shore and they go to the boat. But then, as they're on the boat getting ready to go. Rick turns around and Jan uh, is standing on um, a distance in the rocks on the shore, calling out for him. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. So, you know, being an idiot, uh, he gets off the boat and walks back onto the shore, gets his legs stuck in this quicksand, I guess, and starts uh-huh. sinking to his head. Yeah. At which point, one of these thugs, who has since turned into a zombie stands over him and (laughs) we hear something fire up and i was like oh don't tell me they're going to bring a chainsaw into this movie at this point like (laughs) they shoehorned almost everything they could the only thing missing is a chainsaw but no it's it's an outboard motor (laughs) yeah Uh uh-huh (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and uh, he fires it up, and uh, you know the spinning rotor comes closer and closer to this guy's face. And that's it. I guess we hear his screaming. Again, there's no blood. There's not even blood no. splattering on anything. Uh-uh. There's not a gross sound of grinding or anything. We just get this implication now from this reaction shot of Jan far off on the boat that something bad has happened. And then uh, after that reaction shot of Carol, she gets sucked down into the boat. And that's the end of her. And the next shot we see is of, again, this party from the 1959. And big surprise, here are all of the party that we have seen in a conga line coming by the camera. Like, they're now part of the party. Right. Except for Carol. Uh, And the camera pans over to that mirror that we had seen earlier. And Carol is on the other side of the mirror, banging and banging and banging on it like she's trapped like she can't even get right. party or something
1: well it's as though they're like in a time loop or something and it's as though she is the one who grabbed the girl and pulled her into the mirror from the first scene or at least that's the implication that i got oh, okay. and then that's the end like i felt like they were trying to be clever like oh look we looped back around we're yeah. right back where we started but uh god who cares <laughs> <laughs>
0: It could have been a really clever premise. I mean, the premise actually wasn't too bad. This notion that there is an island or whatever under this time loop because of some government experiment gone awry it's a nice idea and some people stumble across it but it's so disjointed it doesn't have any internal cohesion like why are there zombies why are there killer nets why is there a a table monster (laughs) you know right why are some of these things killing them some of them are appearing and being helpful and then walking away and some of them are just appearing in the mirror and doing nothing else and others are appearing in the mirror reaching their arms out and exploding you know (laughs) like
1: it Mm -hmm.
0: things are coming out of movie screens it's just a big mess it's Mm -hmm. like somebody sat down and looked at the scripts of 30 movies that horror movies that came before and picked oh there's a good scene there's a good scene there's a good scene let's just string all this together and then let's really let's film it like really poorly flatly with actors who can't act and terrible dialogue and uh let's strip all the suspense out of it and
1: yeah bloody new year yeah i i just can't really think of anything good to say about it 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 wasn't entertaining you know the the characters weren't endearing the acting wasn't good the the dialogue was terrible the plot was disjointed like it's an ugly movie to watch too it's it's muddy yeah yeah it was pretty much just crap It's so unremarkable that I couldn't find anything about it. Like, I was trying to research and find fun facts and behind-the-scenes things. I couldn't find anything, nothing. If it's a movie that's kind of been lost to history, I certainly understand why. The movie's in its own time loop. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like the only reason that anybody even knows about it or would stumble across it is because it has New Year's in the title. Mm. And so if people like us are looking for a New Year's movie to watch, they're like, oh, well, Bloody New Year. We'll watch that. And then it's set in July. (laughs) (laughs) But it has an
0: awesome cover. That's the other thing. That's the only other thing that saved it. This probably got it rented um, by really, really disappointed people back in the 80s. You know, I looked, I was trying to find something about this. I actually clicked through all of the actors and actresses on IMDb, trying to see if any of them did anything. And most of them know. Um, but Mark Powley, the guy who was Rick, has been a steadily working actor since this up to now. Huh. Yeah, all, mostly in Britain. It's so a lot of stuff I haven't i don't know or i didn't recognize a lot of television and stuff like that but that guy that guy's not doing too bad susan atchison who played leslie has had a fair amount of success again up until more recently just uh doing random things here and there and um the guy steve wilshire who played ace he was one of the you you know his name is ace because it's pain on the back of his jacket but he was one of the thugs from the oh, right he has been an extremely active stuntman in a lot of movies. Makes sense. Uh, since this. So, yeah. But this movie didn't make any of their careers. That's for sure.
1: Oh, gosh, no. And it was the director's last movie. I saw that. And maybe for good reason. <laughs> yeah. He should have gone back to, like,
0: Inseminoid 2 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Happy New Year all the same. We do not recommend that you watch this movie. Uh, It's not even so bad. It's good. It doesn't even fall into that category. It's just a slog. But coming up this year, we do hope to find some much better movies that are much more worth your time. We're totally going to review those here in 2019. I think Craig and I also decided we're going to do some requests uh, this month for the rest of the month. So uh, if you haven't put in your requests uh, yet and you've been itching for us to do a particular film that you love, please uh, go to our Facebook page or go to our website tweguys.red40Net.com. leave us a comment on either of those places and let us know what movie you'd like us to do and we'll put that on the docket for this month and possibly next month as well Happy New Year Happy New Year Until next time I'm Todd and I'm Craig with Two Guys and a Chainsaw